Well, I'm also a blessed wife. It's so funny. When um, Sophie was sharing, she says she loved her husband because he makes her laugh. Well, I've got a crazy husband who makes me laugh. And I said, you, and, and, and as she was saying that, I says, oh, you always make me laugh, Paul, apart from when I'm grumpy with you, which is not very often. Okay, you ready for the word this morning, guys? Yes, we're ready. We are pumped. Can we have some, um, can I have these lights? Because my title this morning is, I Believe in Miracles. Say it to me, the church. I believe in miracles. You don't sound, I'm not very convinced that you believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. Have we got my little thing coming up or it'll come up? And I need some more lights on. Let there be light. Can we have some more light, these ones? I need more light to see. Thank you, Lord. I believe in miracles. There we go. I believe in miracles. Doesn't that look amazing, eh? Okay, let's pray. Holy Spirit. Have your way this morning. We don't do boring here because there is nothing boring about your kingdom, Heavenly Father. It's one where we can have the best party ever. The Jesus party is the best party ever to have. We can be on that spiritual high that is so amazing, Father. Thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We just believe in miracles because we believe in you, the miracle God and Father. And we just thank you, Father. And we're just going to preach this morning like never before, Father, because it's not me preaching. It's your spirit. And we are pumped and excited to be in church this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I believe in miracles. And my verse This morning is found in Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to read it. Brilliant. Is it coming up? Since then, should be coming up. I believe in miracles. There you go, it's just happened. Brilliant. That's the first one we're expecting this morning. I hope you came to church expecting, eh? Expecting good things. Okay, let's read. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Who's the you? Us, me, I, you, it. Us. Not it. Us. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Here we are. Set your hearts on things down under. No, not in New Zealand. Set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. What a good place to set your heart there, eh? Right hand in Scripture always speaks of power and favor. That's where Christ is seated. So guess what? That's where you guys sit. What a blessing. That's a miracle right there. Preach it, sister, and I'll agree. Verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Is it coming up? It will come up in a minute. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. There you have it. We serve a miracle-working God. The first miracle was 
In Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created. Do you know what that word means translated out from Hebrew? The word in Hebrew is bara, and it means to make from nothing. God did not come and rearrange something, but he came and he made something out of nothing. What a miracle. That's amazing right there. But it didn't stop there because he did miracle after miracle after miracle when you read this. And Jesus, his son, came from heaven. He was born of a virgin defying medical science. And Jesus healed the lame. He, healed, he raised the dead. He healed the blind. He touched the untouchable. He healed the lepers. He forgave the unforgivable. And his miracle is the miracle of grace. So don't ever, don't ever allow, sorry, the prince of darkness, the devil, to tell you that heaven would never want you. Because that's a lie. The miracle of grace is so amazing. And I believe in miracles because I'm actually the product of a miracle. My grandmother was told that she would never, ever have a child. And she got pregnant, and my father was born. And at birth, my grandmother was so weak, she couldn't even hold a baby. She just couldn't do it. And my father was told by the doctors that he would not live. And he was coughing up blood all night. And my great-grandmother believed in miracles because she served and she loved her heavenly father. And she said, preserve this child's life. Let him live and let him do something great with his life. And guess what? God did something great with my father's life. He spared him, and he preached the good news to the nations, literally, not just Scotland and England, but the world. And I am here because of a miracle. So I believe in miracles today because we have a great heavenly Father. Do you need a miracle healing today? Your physical problem is not a crisis for heaven. Heaven doesn't wait Healing didn't actually start when Jesus came. It came way before that. You know, in Exodus 15, it says there that Jesus, God said to, to um, Moses there, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you of all your diseases. God made this statement after he had brought the children of Israel out and through the Red Sea, no matter what obstacle you face in life, God has a miracle for you. And the Red Sea speaks of baptism, doesn't it? Here was the children of Israel. They had been in bondage. They'd been in bondage for 400 years. And God said, I am going to give them a payday. Today, I'm going to give them a payday. And he brings them out. When the Egyptians had experienced all the plagues and they had experienced all the things and seen, and seen how God, what God had done to them, they were terrified of the God of Israel. They were so terrified. And they said, after 
the um, Passover, after um, God had, had taken every firstborn from the Egyptians, they were terrified of this powerful God of the Israelites. And they said, when you go, please go, please go, get your freedom, get your freedom. They, he, they, it says there that the Egyptians gave them gold and silver, fabrics and jewelry. God was making sure that after 400 years, his people had worked for free, their payday was coming. And I want to tell you, church, that 2019, I am expecting a payday. Yes, this is time for a payday. Our God is one of miracles. He wants us to have a payday. Do you know, I started work when I was 16 years old. And I couldn't wait for payday. I just loved payday. I was 16 and I got paid once a month. Now, I can tell you the longest week was the week leading up to payday. It took ages to get there and finally I would get my payday. Now, in Britain and Scotland, before I came here, they were still allowing checks. I could write out a check and I could pay for something. So I had it all figured out. It took three working days for a bank check to clear. So if I decided to go shopping, say, two days before I got paid, I would write a check out. Now, my mother heard that I was doing this, and she kindly warned me and said, Ruth, be careful that you don't overdraw. And one day, Ruth overdrew. Now, I don't know whether it's just the Bank of Scotland, because they may be a Scottish, but if you overdraw, guess what they do to you after that? For every transaction that I made thereafter, I got charged on if I overdrew up to, and I think it was a long time. It was something like three months. Crazy. So one day, I got this big bill, courtesy of the, the Bank of Scotland, and I'm like... I'm not happy with that, even though I'd overdrawn. So I thought, I'm going to phone up the bank manager. So I get on the phone and I say, oh, um, I'm quite young, I'm 16, and I overdrew, and yet it was my fault, but could you restore what you've just taken from me? And the bank manager went, okay, Ruth, and I'd said who I was. I mean, I don't know, I'm from a bar of soap, never met the bank manager. And I said, okay. And he said, sorry, I will credit to you. So I got it credited. Yay. Mum was like, oh, no, that's embarrassing. So mum said again, Ruth, whatever you do, do not overdraw. A few months later, I saw this nice thing in the shops. And I wrote a check out, and it took four days to clear. So it bounced. And I ended up getting a big bill from the Bank of Scotland. So I went, I'm going to phone me the bank manager. So I'm like, you would think, well, this 16-year-old, who has the time or day to talk to a 16-year-old when this bank manager is dealing with big companies and big organizations. Would he have the time of day for me? Well, I thought I'm going to find out. So I phoned him up. 
and I actually get through to him again. I thought, wow, this is good. So I ask him again, and I say, oh, you may not remember me, but I'm that girl just a few months before that overdrew, and I've happened to have done it again. And I know last time you said, this is the last, we can't keep doing this, Ruth, this is the last time. I said, you know, I'm sure it won't happen again, but would you mind crediting me because I've just had charge, bank charges that are quite high for a 16-year-old. And he went, okay, Ruth, I'll do it again. And so I got credited again. And my mum was so horrified, she said, Ruth, I'm going to change my name because that's so embarrassing. But I want to tell you that your heavenly bank manager has heavenly resources for you that he has already credited to your account. And you might say, oh, this is going to take a big miracle for my circumstances to change, but it did take a big miracle for things to change. The miracle was so amazing that people would hardly believe it. Even the Lord's disciples didn't believe it. Jesus, the Savior of the world, died for all your mistakes, all your overdrafts, all the times that you stuffed up, Jesus paid your debt. But not only that, on the third day, he rose again. And he's now seated in heavenly places with all of heaven's resources at your disposal. I believe in miracles. Where have you got your heart set this morning? I want you to notice that it says, set your heart first. See, the mind can be all over the place, but if you get your heart in the right place, the rest will follow. Where your heart is, do you believe in miracles? Set your heart on things above. And then it says, set your mind on things above. Now, last year we went traveling. I had to go back and see my family in Scotland, and we went traveling to Europe. And we were in Switzerland, and I have my Evangeline. Now, I can tell you that my Evangeline is a Kiwi through and through. You can take the, new, uh, the girl out of New Zealand, but you cannot take New Zealand out of the girl. And we went up. I'm going to tell you where we went up. We went up Jungfrau. I hope I'm saying it right. This is a very, very, very high mountain in Switzerland. It is so high that the oxygen levels are so low that when you get off this little funny shunty train thingy that takes you up there that you're thinking, goodness, I hope it doesn't lose its place and go back. But when you get off up there, it goes up on these cogwheels or something. When you get up there, you get off and all of a sudden it's like there's hardly any, not much oxygen. You, you get quite lightheaded and you feel like you get a headache and it's and the oxygen levels are so low that even Paul struggled to speak. What a miracle. It was amazing. It was like, nah, I'm only joking. But anyway, anyway, we goes out and I mean, everyone is dressed like Eskimos. Big jackets, not gumboots, they don't call it their ski stuff. You know, there's skiers everywhere and it's a little bit of, it's snowing outside. And Evangeline goes out onto the mountain on the ski slopes in jandals, shorts, and hunting and fishing top. 
And I'm, I could not convince her otherwise. You see, her heart is New Zealand. She loves her hunting and fishing tops. She loves her shorts and she loves her jandals. And she was like, I'm not wearing ski stuff. Nah, um, and I've got a picture of her there. I should have brought it, actually, didn't. But you know, where is your heart at? Where is your mind at? Do you believe in miracles? Set your heart on things above. Do you believe if you get to work on Monday and you're told we have a big disaster on our hands, what, how are we going to deal with it? What, what's your thought? <gasps> Panic mode? Have you got your heart set on earthly things? Or are you going to go above and say, I believe in miracles? Sometimes people say, oh, do you do the share market? Because we run our own company. And I go, you know what? My shares are so big. They are so amazing. You wouldn't believe how good our shares are. The last time I checked, my heavenly currency was doing so well and our shares were so big that they just didn't concrete my front drive. They actually paved it with gold. That's what I have for our shares. You better believe it. And you might say, oh, well, that's well and good. That's a future day. But I've got nothing. What was the word that I mentioned? Bara? God made something out of nothing. And I know there was a man like George Mueller. Do you know he was from a wealthy family, but his father wouldn't give him any money to finish his studies because he didn't want him to be a missionary. And when he came to England and he saw the poverty and the orphans on the streets, he had a dream in his heart to open a home. And I have a nephew that lives in Bristol. I have seen these homes. And do you know the equivalent of he had nothing literally nothing, and it's the equivalent of millions of money today. What he did through prayer and believing in a miracle that he could even sit down at an empty table with, and seemingly there was 400 kids there that day that he had to feed. He sat down at an empty table, so that was nothing, and he thanked God for the food they were going to receive. How many of you would have faith like that? And there was a knock at the door because God supplies and there was food there and there was a milk cart had broken down and the wheel had broken and they needed to fix the wheel and God supplied not only food but some milk. Wasn't that amazing? And faith starts out before you know how it's going to turn out. That's what faith does. So you could be like this. Oh. I believe in miracles. Would you believe that? Before you even see your miracle, are you prepared to believe in miracles? What a God we have. And you know, more than 10,000 children lived in that orphanage in Bristol over the years. And when each child became old enough to live on his own, George Mueller would pray with them. He put a Bible in their right hand. I like it. See? favor. Get the Bible in the right hand, and he would put a coin in their left hand. And this is what he said. 
he said, if you put God in the right hand and get that right, the, the left will follow. Remember the Hebrew word butter? God will make something out of nothing. He doesn't need something to start with. He makes something out of nothing. I believe in miracles. And I got thinking about this third day. As I was getting this mes message ready about two in the morning, which is normal, because um, I just love to, God speaks to me then. And I was thinking about this third day, that the miracle of Jesus rising on the third day. And I said, why was it the third day? You know, like, I'm just curious. Why couldn't it have been the second day or the fourth day or the fifth day? Why did it have to be the third day, Father? Why was it the third day? Now, I know that there was prophecies which were to be fulfilled as well through the Scriptures. But as I was asking this, the Lord said, go back to the beginning. So, this is what happened in the beginning. If I can read it without my glasses, I really want to share this with you because I believe in miracles. To your right. What happened on the third day? Okay. This is what happened on the third day, all right? And this is what God said, go back to the beginning. So I'm going to go back to the beginning and read what God said. And God said, this is Genesis chapter 1, verse 9, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. So that's land. And it was so, and God called the dry ground land and he gathered the waters and he called it sea. And it doesn't stop there. God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetables or vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. So you know what? God created provision on the third day. Jesus rose again on the third day so that you will eternally be provided for. So do you believe in miracles? I believe in miracles. Who needs to worry about the bills getting paid? Thank you, Lord. I haven't got much, but what I've got, you can double, you can bless. You are my provider. And it also mentions about the first fruit trees. Now, I want to tell you that there is a feast, or it was a law, but a feast, and it talks about the feast of first fruits. Now, the feast of first fruits was the first offering of grain or grapes, whatever it was, that was in Israel, and it was to be given to God. Now, that was a real test of faith for the children of Israel because before they had ever seen the rest of the harvest produced, they were to give God first place, to give God first things. Your success, you know, people say, why do we have church on a Sunday? Well, I can tell you that we come to church on a Sunday not only because Jesus rose again on that day, 
But because Sunday is the first day of the week, we give God our first. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's the first fruits of the week. Your success for the week begins on Sunday. You want a successful week? Come on a Sunday to church. Be blessed. 2019, are you willing to give God first fruits, the best of what, what we have? C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Narnia Chronicles, he said this, when the first things in your life are put first, the second things begin to increase. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus is first place in our life, everything else will be blessed. What a promise. I believe in miracles. And God also put a fruit tree in the Garden of Eden, and he said to Adam and Eve, don't eat of this tree, this fruit tree. Now, that bugs me, because I'm like, why would God put a fruit tree in the garden that they were not allowed to eat? And I know there's lots of reasons, but I'm going to tell you one of them. God wanted to see if Adam and Eve would put God first when the devil comes along and he tempts them and he said, did God say? God wanted to know where their heart was. Where's your heart at this morning? Is it on things above? When the enemy comes and wants to rob you of your dreams and tell you you're not going to make it, you're not going to do good 2019, you're going to struggle. Are you going to just listen to that or are you going to set your heart on things above? Because that's where it is. And when you set your heart there, your mind goes there and your actions follow. So that you can go up Jungfrau Mountain in the snow with your jandals and just have your party there. Doesn't matter. Your heart's in the right place. Too right it is. Faith starts out before you know how it's going to turn out. God wants to set you, you to set your heart in mind on things from a heavenly perspective. There's no overdraft in heaven. There's no under and there's no, uh, we can't do this. God doesn't go bankrupt. He doesn't say, oh, this kingdom, you know, we've been struggling. There's a recession coming. We've got to be careful. And he doesn't say, oh, well, Ruth has just asked for $10 million to build a new building for Excite Church. So sorry, I've got limited funds he says, I've got more than enough, more than enough for you this morning. Wonderful. Set your heart on things above. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Do you believe in miracles? 2019, are you going to jumpstart this January? I believe in miracles. And it doesn't matter how small the miracle is, God cares about you. Paul and I had been away for four days over Christmas, and we just got back home. I had unpacked everything. I was tired, and I just wanted to chill. And Evangeline comes up to me, and she says, Mom, I want to go to Jimmy Jack's for pork ribs. And I'm like, I'm tired. I don't want to go to Jimmy Jack's for pork ribs. And so off she goes. She comes back again. Mom, I want to go to Jimmy Jack's for some pork ribs. Can you take me? We could have a nice mother and daughter time. And I'm like, Evangeline, I'm tired. 
I don't want to go to Jimmy Jack's for pork ribs. So off she goes. And she didn't complain a grizzle. She just kept, and then she came back to me again. Third time. Three, eh? Three things, eh? Amazing. Oh, no. She asked again. Mom, I really feel we should go to Jimmy Jack's. And I'm like, and then God spoke to me. And I can tell you that sometimes it's a loud voice with me. It was silent, but I heard it so loudly. He said, Ruth, do the mother thing and go to Jimmy Jack's. So I went, I'm going to Jimmy Jack's. So I said, Evangeline, I'm going to Jimmy Jack's. And she felt all her Christmases had come at once. So we went to Jimmy Jack's. See, God sees things that I can't always see because I had my focus on earthly things, but he had something heavenly in mind for someone else as well. I get into Jimmy Jack's, I walk through the door, and I heard someone over here say, Hello, Ruth. And I looked around, and I was still in the earthly zone, so I wasn't in the mood totally for seeing people, and I'm like, do I know you? Literally, I did. And the person laughed their head off, and I did know them. There was a couple with their brother were visiting from C3 Auckland, and I know them so well. And I said, what are you doing up here? And they said, oh, we just felt like we wanted to come up north. We just really wanted to enjoy the sunshine, and we wanted to go out in the boat. Urupukapuka, they'd been out on the Fuller's, Fuller's Explore boat and had a wonderful time, and they said, we just wanted to do Jimmy Jack's, and we felt we were meant to be here. And she said, the weirdest thing out is that I have never heard from your daughter in two years, that was Chloe, and she said, I just got a message this morning to say from Chloe that she had a dream about me, that's Mary, her name is, last night, and she said, hey, I'm just thinking about you. How are you? And she said she had no idea that I'm, I'm here today. And I said, what are you here for? Are you staying the night? And she said, she looked at us like this and, and, and her husband. And they said, well, the weirdest thing out is that we just landed. And this is coming up to New Year where there are no hotels or motels hardly available. And if you have like $1,500, she said, we, try, we brought our pajamas. We tried to get a hotel, but they wanted $1,500. And we don't have that money. And I went, you know what? I said, I was meant to be here today. My daughter three times asked me to come here because you guys needed to be blessed. I've got loads of bedrooms. Come back and stay at my house. But do you know something else? Her husband is one of 10 children. And he had his younger brother there that day who's 18-year-old. And do you know what they told me? They just really said, God, we just so want to be blessed. Their father was coming out of prison that day or that weekend. And I just said, you know, God just really wants to tell you he's got your back. No matter what you go through and what you feel, he just wants to say he loves you so much. He's proud of you. God is proud of us. Even when we think, oh, you know, like their father was coming out of prison and these kids have said, I'm going to put you first in my life because they've chosen to voluntarily, it was now, they, they run the youth ministry in Auckland. And, and, you know, God just so wants to bless you guys. And he knows every need of what you are needing.
right now. And it's a done deal because Bada, I'm going to speak it out. He just brings something out of nothing. He knows exactly what you guys are going through and what you need. So Psalm 91 says this, and I'm going to finish with this. Psalm 91 and 14 says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, this is what the I will of the Lord will do. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Do you acknowledge Jesus this morning? Verse 15, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. How amazing. Do you know that people think that word salvation means redemption from sin? but it actually is more than that. The word is, if I can say it right, cornucopia. And I actually looked it up, and it's the cornucopia of heaven, which means everything that God has to offer. So you're willing to tap into your heavenly bank manager this morning? Whether you're stuffed up and overdrawn like me as a 16-year-old, you think, nah. It actually means salvation as well, deliverance aid, victory, prosperity, health, help, welfare. Salvation is used this morning through Jesus. Amazing. Are you expecting a payday this year? We're expecting a payday. So we're going to take it away, guys. I believe in miracles. Thank you, Lord.